Hi, and welcome to Build 'em Up, where we hear from great people building the health and well-being of rural communities right around Australia. This Build 'em Up podcast is proudly supported by NBN. I'm Claire from the National Rural Health Alliance, together with Gabrielle, our CEO and passionate rural health advocate. Thanks, Claire. And in episode five, we're catching up with an incredible couple, Natasha and Steele Johnston from Chinchilla in Queensland's Western Downs. We're discussing drought angels, which supports farmers and rural communities and doing their bit to see a thriving agriculture sector. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, yeah. guys. Um, Natasha, can I start with you? Should we call you Tash? Yes, please. Yeah, lovely. Um, you've been described as sort of the beating heart of drought angels. So can you please share your journey with us? Oh, absolutely. I think um, drought angels started back in January 2014 um, after Steele told me I needed to find a hobby. Um I don't think he Never anticipated been. that it would become quite this hobby. Not but, the army. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Coffee drinking, maybe. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but, um, you know, the drought was very prominent then and I was working in a cafe and hearing lots of stories of the drought and what it was doing to people and how it was impacting them and just felt like I needed to do something. And uh, my, my friend Nikki, who was actually my boss at the cafe, she was also hearing the same stories and she wanted to do something to help and we didn't know what we could do separately and we just sort of said, well, why don't we do something together? And it was something we thought we'd be doing for three to six months and the rains would come and the drought would break. But there was one particular story that really got me going um, of a farmer here in Queensland who was trying to sell his stock and he had the trucks come to take them to market. But when they got there, the cattle were just too poor to go on the truck. So they left um, and left this farmer with all of his stock. He didn't see any other way out, I don't think, unfortunately. So he then shot all of his stock he shot his working dogs and then he turned the gun on himself. And that just, um, I just broke my heart. I just couldn't, it was just, just a terrible story. And it took me back to the early 90s when my parents had a property here in, in Queensland in Leeburn and they were really struggling. The banks were knocking and my mother had a massive breakdown. And, yeah, years later I found out that, you know, she con- contemplated suicide as a way out. and. So I just, it just took me back when I heard that story, it took me back to when my family went through those times and the breakdown my mum had on the kitchen floor in front of us. And I just needed to do something to stop another family from going through that. Yeah, so it sounds like you were um, really wanting to inject uh, some positivity into something that was seeming to be a really negative situation. Yeah, I just wanted to help these families, you know, put the food on their table, help pay their bills and remind them that how important they are and, you know, there's family and people out there that love them. So, you know, suicide is, is not the not the answer. Mm. But there is people out here that care for you and want to help and that was that was our goal. So, Tash, what's really the philosophy then behind a charity that isn't really a charity? <laughs> um. I think the philosophy for us is 
you know, we are a registered charity now, but that um, we, we put our heart into everything we do at Drought Angels. I guess we're not, I'm not a run-of-the-mill charity. Um, we, we, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. All of us at Drought Angels have, um, have had a connection or some sort of a connection to the land and we just all want to do something to, to keep our farmers where they belong. So why do you think farming families are so loath to really reach out for help when so much of, you know, their operations as farmers is co- completely out of their own control? but they still seem to have this view that they have to do it all themselves. I think it's pride. Um, you know, I look at, when I look back at my family, you know, my father was a very stoic man that never asked for help and still to this day would probably never ask for help. Um, I think whether it's, you know, a lot of our farmers are that generation as well, you don't ask for help. Um, so I, I think pride is is a big thing, and, and they're just people who have always, you know, have been able to feed their families and pay their bills, and and to have have a have a time in life when they can't do that is it just really knocks them. So how do they react then to your work that you're doing? How, how do they view that? Uh, that one can be a little bit difficult. Um, I personally always say there's there's three stages to um, asking for help. Um, and I guess that's the biggest one is these, these guys have to have to actually pick up the phone, reach out to us and, and ask for help. Um, the second one is is actually, I guess, where I'm going with this is they actually need to, so they've asked for the help and then they also need to um, accept the help they've been offered, um, which they will quite often do quite quite mm-hmm. easily. Once we've had that conversation, they'll accept the help. But then when we actually go to deliver the help, that's probably the biggest part where, you know, they might have had 20 points of rain or, you know, they've, they've had a few calves or a few lambs drop or whatever that may be. So now they try and justify why they don't need the help. So it, it's quite difficult to actually get through all three stages. Um, and But when you do, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I, I guess mental health for us is delivered face-to-face. Um, and when you're having that conversation with these farmers, these primary producers, uh, in front of them, it, it's you actually get a picture of what they're going through, what they've what their house looks like. You know, you can see that they're just they're normal people. You know, they're not living a the life of Riley. They're not out there spending all this money. They haven't got all these fancy toys. They're just you know doing a really good. I mean, most businesses wouldn't survive with a farming model. If if you put a farming model into most other other businesses, it just wouldn't work. Farmers just make it work. They work longer, harder to get their job done. So, And that's why you say your philosophy is actually a thank you. Yeah, we definitely, we always tell our farmers that we're not giving them charity. It's just simply a thank you. Thank you from, from Drought Angels. Thank you from the Australian public for all you do to put the food on our table and the clothes on our back. And you know, when we do say that to our farmers who are hesitant to accept the help, you almost just see this big sigh of relief come out of them when we just tell them that it's just a thank you. Yeah. It's funny when you say that. It's just reminded me when I, I used to teach um, nutrition and dietetics at Charles Sturt University and also University of Canberra. But I used to say to students, like, are you in awe at the amount of food that's available in our supermarkets in Australia? And they've never really thought about it before, but I used to try and inject that sort of 
um, appreciation of our farmers. And probably we also have to say our manufacturers that can actually deliver that kind of food and the incredible variety. There's nowhere else in the world that's got the food that we've got. Oh, absolutely. I think we have such a diverse selection of food and, and high quality that I think people maybe just get to the point where we have taken it for granted. You walk into the supermarket and it's all there, but no thought of how it actually got there. That's right. So tell me, what's the most positive aspect really of what you do, the sort of work that you're doing? I think it's when we have farmers who in particular recently come and tell us that if it wasn't for us, they wouldn't still be there. Um, you know, they would have lost their farm or maybe worse. Um yeah, I just think when, when when we see our farmers after we've given them their assistance and years down the track, you know, recently we've had three farmers come to us and just tell us that, you know, if it wasn't for wasn't for drought angels, we would have lost our farm. We would not still be here. So I think that is that's a positive aspect is knowing that we're keeping our farmers where they belong. So much of what we do is um, because we can't publicise it, you know, we, but because we actually get to see it face to face, I've I've met um, someone I know or been introduced to, you know, two or three months after we've helped them, and literally have not recognised them. They've stood up straight, they're proud, they've got a big smile on their face, they're just a completely different person to what I met, you know, one, two, three months before. To the point where I've actually had people come and say to me, "Hey, Steele, how are you?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm really sorry, but..." I, I don't know who you are, and I'm great with faces. Mm-hmm. But I just went, no, no, you helped me at my farm, and I went, you're not the same person. Literally, you would think that they're they're a different person altogether. So, you know, what what is what is that worth? Yeah. So tell me when they when when they come to you and say, oh, look, you know, you've saved, you know, you've saved my farm and that sort of thing. But you're not giving them that much from a material point of view. So. Clearly, it's having a massive effect in their mental well-being and making them feel like they can keep going. Is is that kind of it? Do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely part of it. Is is constant reminder that we we haven't forgotten them. You know, we have kept in touch with them over the years. You know, we've sent them a Mother's Day present. We've sent them a Father's Day present. We've sent them Christmas cards and a Christmas gift to remind them. Um, but in some circumstances, we have paid substantial amounts of bills. Um, for some families that, you know, they, they, yeah, the banks may have come in and taken over had that have not, you know, not been there. And that's where I guess we we say we fight, focus on the financial assistance. Um, you know, we used to do stock feed, but it really got really complicated. And there's so many other, well, not so many, but there's other organisations out there who are doing it and doing it really well. And we just sort of figured that if, you know, $15,000 for a load of hay whereas $15,000 worth of paying bills for somebody can have a huge effect on their mental health when they're, they're struggling to, you know, buy a fridge that's blown up, they're struggling to pay an accountant's bill, you know, pay the local bill down the, down the street and they've got to walk past people down the street knowing that they owe these people money and they have no idea how to pay them. You know, that, taking that burden off their shoulders is huge. And so you have, with Drought Angels, You've helped more than 4,000 farming families, 1,000 communities and raised more than $20 million. Um, Tell us about your statement that every dollar spent in a rural community goes around approximately six or seven times. 
Yeah, that was actually, oh, I can't remember where we got that from now, but yeah, it, it basically, you know, you go in and you pay a bill and, you know, you pay the hardware. The hardware then in turn goes and pays their bill with the butchers and then the butcher goes and pays his bill at the bakery. You know, it just, it, the money stays within town and they're keeping their locals, you know, they're employing their locals within those towns who then spend their money locally as well. So it has huge impacts by keeping that money locally in those communities when those businesses are struggling, you know, just as, as much as what farmers are, particularly through drought. You know, once our farmers stop spending, they're not spending the money in town or employing locals. So we've got to keep that money circulating within the communities. And so you've got some very impressive numbers there. Um, here's a question for Steele, though. Uh, what's it like being married to such an incredible human being who has, you know, um, brought this organisation from the ground up? It is amazing. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll put that out there straight away. Um, I, look, to be honest, it's, it is something that we, we live, we do live this, um, which has its own challenges. You know, we, we, we work together, we come home together, we, we try and separate that. Um, doesn't always work, obviously. Um, we don't have arguments. We have heated debates. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it, it really is just one of those things where, and I think because we've been doing this for, for quite some time now, we actually do get better at it. Um, and you do, you do have to pick your battles. Um, and I think both of us need to be in the right mindset to actually have, you know, some, there's some pretty big things that we do. Uh, it can weigh heavily on you. Like if, you know, if we make a, if we make a decision not to help someone, um, because we haven't got all that information, you know, where does that potentially lead to? Um, uh, but again, that's, that's, you know, back on the, back on the primary producer to, to give us as much information as they, as they can, so we can make the best decision where we can best help them as well um we don't take it lightly that you know we really are um we really are you know not to put um too fine a point on it but we, we are changing people's lives we really are um if we i always say if tash had ten dollars she'd give away 11 so you know the more money we've got coming in the more farmers we can assist um and like you've said farmers just aren't forthcoming um it, i guess it's just a, especially as a as a as a bloke we try and fix things and i think that's we always do um we see a lot of farmers that struggle when there's a, a sickness in the in the family um because you know as a bloke if, if you've got a flat tire if i can't fix it i've got a mate who's around the corner that will come and change the tire for you and um you know they, these guys they really are very much old gentlemen um, they've still got the old ways about them, you know, where we just, we fix stuff. Um, and when you can't fix something like sickness or illness and you have to rely on someone else, a professional from a, you know, especially with these guys, you know, they might travel thousands of kilometres to their specialist. You know, that's something that they really struggle with because it's outside their control. I think we make a good team. I, you know, this drought angel hasn't started without Steele's help. You know, he he was the one packing the packing the ute for us to go off to visit our first farmers and, you know, letting me have <laughs> seven shipping containers in the backyard. He wouldn't let me have any more. I don't know why Why he wouldn't let me bring in an eight. <laughs> seven was enough, I'm sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we just make a great team and we always have. Yeah. Well, here's another one for you still. We want to drill, drill into the sort of specific aspects of what makes Drought Angels um, a really unique not-for-profit and 
I've heard a little bit about your little clever twist on an RDO. So what most might call a rostered day off, but you've got another name for that. You've got another. Rural, rural day off. Absolutely. And again, that just come from a, I guess, we every time we do an event, every time we have anything, we try and learn from it. We try and do an after action review um, and see what we did well, what we didn't do so well, what we believe we could do better in the future. Um, the RDOs have really evolved into, um, when we first started, it was more about giving the product um, to the farmers. So I think on average, um, most of the RDOs we've done, each family has driven away with easily over $2,000 worth of product. Um, so the last one we did uh, locally here in the Western Downs, there was 39 farmers that all drove away with you know over $2,000 worth of product, which was absolutely amazing. But it's more about the, the community coming together we put on a band, we had a, a bit of a comedian act, we had, it was just, you know, there was there was people there at the start of the day that really hesitant to be there and by the end of the day did not want to leave, you know, because it was just all about the, the mental health for these guys is actually getting out and talking to their peers, talking to their neighbours. Um, you know, we've had instances where neighbours haven't seen each other for close to two years and they share a boundary. They might talk on the phone, but they haven't actually seen each other. So to get these guys off farm to a safe space in a rural community um, and just let them, you know, we have a beer or a cup of tea and, you know, we just literally let these guys chat and, and just unload on each other, I guess, to, to you know, what their problems are and, and how can, you know, if I've got a, a, an issue, maybe the, the neighbour can help or maybe, you know, someone else in the community can help as well. So It's all about, you know, um, them not lifting a finger. So we come in, you know, usually when you have a community day, the ladies in the communities are the ones doing the catering and the cleaning and getting ready, whereas they don't lift a hand. We come in, we do morning tea, we do lunch, we do afternoon tea, we do dinner, we have hairdressers, we have massage therapists. So it's all about them coming and being pampered for the day and not having to lift a finger at all. And so many have never had a massage. I cannot believe, you know, how how a massage and a haircut can just absolutely lift somebody. You know, one of our RDOs, there was a farmer who was deliberately waiting, like his wife normally cut his hair, and he was waiting to have a proper professional haircut by a hairdresser. And he had the haircut by the professional hairdresser. And like I was talking to him early in the day before the haircut. And after the haircut, I saw him and I'd seen him had his haircut. And I went up and I said, oh, hi, I'm Tash. We haven't met. And he's like, yes, we have. And I'm like, oh, I didn't recognise you with your haircut. And you know, he, his face, his whole demeanour just changed by having this professional haircut. You know, it's something so simple that can just lift people's spirits. And, and we don't even um, we don't even ask them to do anything. They drive in, we, we greet them, and we ask them to step out of their vehicle and go over to you know to where the um, everything is essentially happening. They don't load anything. We load everything for them. You know, while we're loading all their product, we've normally got a shopping table out that they can go through some some bits and bobs as well. Um, you know, they have a cup of tea that we do lunch, as Tash said. So, you know, we've had people that have turned up at 10 o'clock in the morning and are still there at 8 o'clock at night and not wanting to go home. And they have, as Tash said, they haven't done anything. We do dinner for them. We They don't clean up afterwards. It's just literally they come, sit, talk, laugh, giggle, you know, and to... When you, especially when you talk to some of the some of the wives or partners, um, you know, maybe later that day or in in the weeks after, they will tell you that they've never seen their husbands 
laugh so much or, you know, good to see them actually being out in the community. They've, they've literally withdrawn from the communities. Um, yeah, so and we get that from both sides, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like either either spouse will come back and talk to us afterwards um, and then you'll, you'll actually see someone, you know, it could be months later down the street and they'll actually come up to you and just say thank you. You know, and it literally can be just thanks and and walk away sometimes too. It's just, yeah. So where do you hold these RDOs? Um, so we actually hold them in the in rural communities, like not like the towns, but in towns where they just have their little community centre. Like we've been to uh, Begonia in near St George, and all that's there is the little community sports centre right. or nearby, and it's just a little community centre. So we actually go into the heart of these communities um, that is the hub for so many of, you know, these little communities, whereas if you went to their major town, whether it be, you know, Charleville or Roma or Longreach, you don't get a lot of these families that will drive that distance to to come and be part of these days. They're more comfortable in their little hub of community. And do you have a group of volunteers that go with you? Absolutely. We have an army of volunteers that come with us. Um, we work with RACQ Foundation on a lot of them, so a lot of their staff come and help with them, as well as our own volunteers. That you know, we've got people that have driven up from Melbourne to be part of our RDOs. So yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty amazing, and they're pretty popular for people to want to be a part of. That's so fantastic. But um, I just wanted to say thank you both um, for such an honest and wonderful and uplifting story. Um, You really are um, helping the rural communities stay um, well, happy and sustainable and it's really fantastic to hear about the RDOs and just how much it does um, bring bring some joy and laughter for for a lot of people out in the rural communities. So we just want to thank you very much for um, speaking to us at Build'em Up. Thanks. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Think it's time to come together and be the spark. Let's be the spark and build them up from the ground up. Don't lose heart and don't lose touch. And thanks for your support in talking up rural health across Australia. And our thanks to NBN, who are lifting digital connectivity and capability across rural, regional and remote communities. If you like hearing upbeat, community-driven health stories, get your monthly build up podcast by heading to ruralhealth.org.au forward slash build up Still the magpie sings